Welcome to Cannabis Network Radio. Today is June 11th, Tuesday. How's everyone doing this evening? I'm your host, David Kowalski. Uh, would like to uh, welcome my uh, producers here, Justin and Ed. How you doing, guys? Yeah, that's them shouting in the background because they're too shy to put the microphones on. Too shy to put the microphones on. We were just taking actually a walk down memory lane, and this has absolutely nothing to do with cannabis, but I have to just talk about it for a minute because it's on my mind. So I'm not sure who's listening to you know this that, that goes back to the dates where, where you know I'm going back from, but uh, we were talking about the 2XL, and I'm not talking about the shies. I'm talking about the 2XL robot um, where you stuck an 8-track cassette I guess it was kind of almost like a computer program. Now I'm actually trying to think whether it was an actual like data uh, a track that like you know interacted with the buttons, or we were just stupid kids and it played a set track and it had programmed into the track when to push the buttons. That's what it was, man. I'm telling you. You sure? Yeah. It was like every time you skipped ahead, it skipped to the next spot that had the answer. So, so it was like right a, so it was like a skip forward type yeah. of thing. Yeah. So I was an idiot that thought I was actually doing something. You know, it was like sort of sort of data tape you know like a magnetic data something blah blah have, blah have you ever played one of the like uh seen it or whatever on a dvd yeah, yeah. Like and you keep it. going back and forth yeah, and back and forth it's yeah, kind yeah. of that same yeah I, I got into that game for a little bit you know i think my son he had the harry potter seen it you know and it's kind of now there's like eight million episodes of harry potter and like i think this is like the first three Editions or whatever, but nonetheless, yes. Yeah, so we were talking about the two XL, and wow, that was just definitely a trip. Then I was reminiscing. My sister got a Teddy Ruxpin, and uh, you know, just talking about things from blasts from the past. And you know, I don't know if anyone remembers Teddy Ruxpin or not, but I'll tell you one thing. It was kind of funny taking like an Ozzy cassette or um, you know something along those lines. You know, dial and putting it into Teddy Ruxpin and watching its mouth move, like you know, with you know Ozzy or Black Sabbath or you know. I guess same thing or Dio or some, you know, 80s hair band with Teddy Ruxpin belting it out. It was kind of other than that, it was a really freaky toy. I, and I think I, I did break it um, maliciously now that I'm reminiscing. Like and, and you kicked it across the room. I don't remember how I broke it, but I remember being rid with it somehow because it was freaky. I mean, it had its highlights of playing, you know, those, you know, the good hair metal a couple of times. But then after a while, it's like, wow, this thing is just creepy too, too much yeah it had to come to an end all right well enough of, of reminiscing of my childhood and and weird toys um nonetheless um so tonight we're going to go ahead and uh talk about um hb 49 here in florida which is house bill 49 which is otherwise been named the bong band um on the 5th of this month 5th of june governor rick scott in his infinite wisdom <clears throat> which I say with extreme sarcasm, sign this bill into law. At July 1st, all head shops in the state of Florida um, need to stop selling um, basically bong, smoking apparatus, paraphernalia, so on and so forth. Now, this past uh, week, I have been going into different head shops uh, locally here and talking to them and asking uh, managers and owners what their opinions are. Um, a lot of the store owners seem to be of the opinion that nothing is going to happen um, if they go ahead and emphasize the fact that it is tobacco use only. Now, I do need to educate some of the shop owners, and I'm really not trying to burst anyone's bubble here, but because the actual bill stipulates water pipes, 
chillums, vaporizers, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's not saying things that can be used as paraphernalia. It actually specifies the items. Um, so Cannabis Information Network does have a solution and a workaround. Um, we can help your store out. If you need information on how to do so, contact myself, David, at Cannabis Information Network. That's David at cannet.org. Um, and you can reach me at that email address. Um, and I'll be more than happy to talk with any shop owners um, or managers on how we can go ahead and implement a workaround uh, to this bill and stay within legal standards and not let your business get taken away. Um, I'm not going to really go into more details about that uh, just because it's something that we came up with and, you know, we want to try to help, you know, local businesses here in Florida stay in business. Um, but it's not something that I'm going to publicize um, right now. But I do want to call attention to if you are going to go ahead and take uh, after July 1st, take the initiative. You are a shop owner, shop manager. Uh, take the chance of staying open uh, here in the state of Florida when HB 49 goes into effect on July 1st. Um, my suggestion, as I suggested when I was walking into a bunch of different head shops here in, in the state of Florida, is to remove any type of um, items that do have pot leaves or any type of uh, cannabis reference on them because those for certain you know are going to call out and i have no doubt florida being the greedy revenue state it is is going to be coming in and writing tickets and levying fines and possibly confiscating uh your product um my suggestion is to document and inventory everything that you have remove anything that has any reference to cannabis directly on it if you're choosing to um stay uh, open um, after July 1st. Um, we are available for, um, you know, counseling, advice, legaling at Cannabis Information Network. Um, again, feel free to contact us, reach us, uh, go to uh, cannet.org, uh, and we can go ahead and uh, you know, get our contact information over there and get in contact with us, and I'll be more than happy to help you because my goal really is to um, fight this in any way we can with direct action, which is something the Cannabis Information Network uh, specializes in. We are one of the largest direct direct action groups out there, um, and you know, keeping you in business uh, with the plan that we have um, definitely will not will be uh, not only a direct action, but it will actually keep you in business. And our goal really is to help you um, and to help uh, the state um, to help fight this what i call an unjust another unjust law um in the backward state of florida um we're going to take a quick break and when we get back i'm going to go ahead and uh give a rundown of everything that uh hb 49 does stipulate um, in case anyone has any questions about what items are on the list i'm going to actually go down the list and tell you all uh, what is listed on 49 and we're going to talk about the different items that do fall under that category just for clarification now I'm not doing this to scare anyone I'm doing this to give everyone information so they can protect themselves um, in the best way possible so we'll be back with Cannabis Network Radio to talk about uh, Florida HB 49 um, in just a couple minutes Welcome back to Cannabis Network Radio. I'm your host, David Kowalski. Um, one thing which I did forget to mention um, earlier 
is that this episode of Cannabis Network Radio is brought to you by If a Peacock Finds a Potleaf. Um, it is a, I'm going to say children's book that uh, has been, um, that was written uh, by a 17-year-old um, author, um, Carmen, and uh, her mother, Geneva, um, was the illustrator, and Carmen was the uh, author of If a Peacock Finds a Potleaf. Um, go check them out on Amazon.com. Uh, download the book, share it, purchase the book. Um, you can go to PeterThePeacock.com for more information. Um, continuing now with what we started with, with uh, the Florida HB 49, uh, which is the bong band, as I'm going to reference it uh, here, that goes into effect July 1st. Um, I wanted to go over the summary analysis of such a bill. Um, so basically going into effect here, um, we're going to go ahead and uh, give a quick rundown here. It's going to be a first-degree misdemeanor, with the exception for any person to offer for sale at retail the following smoking pipes and smoking devices, which are also included in the definition of drug paraphernalia, which was modified, which is in um, Florida Code 893.145 if you want to look it up. It's a Florida statute. Now, what I was saying earlier is they actually specified items, which has never been done before, which is why this is going to be a problem. And these are the items that they went ahead and specified. Metal, wooden, acrylic, glass, stone, plastic, or ceramic smoking pipes with or without screens, permanent screens, or punctured metal bowls. Water pipes, carburation tubes and devices, chamber pipes, carbureted pipes, electric pipes, which actually does also fall into the category of e-cigarettes as well. That's going to be an interesting battle, how that's going to come up to play. Um, Air-driven pipes, chillums, bongs, it actually specifies bongs, and ice pipes or chillers, which basically all falls into accessories for water pipes. Um, there is an exception, however. Um, it is for stores, and a lot of it's going to be like gas stations that have like, I guess, you know, little products, is that 75% of its annual gross revenue um, has to be from the retail sale of cigarettes, cigars, and other tobacco products and derive no more than 25% of its annual gross revenue from the retail sale of smoking pipes and smoking devices listed above. Now, that... The second thing there was derived over 25%. That actually went into law a couple of years ago um, for actual glassware in the state of Florida. Um, and, you know, head shops went not stayed in business, so on and so forth, because they decreased the amount of glass paraphernalia they had or glass products they had in the store. I don't even like calling it paraphernalia. I mean, it's, it is what it is. Um, but now it's taken to an extreme where they're actually saying it's going to be a first-degree misdemeanor. Um, and I really believe that Florida law enforcement is going to July 1st or July 2nd or whatever. Uh, believe it or not, coming right up to Independence Day, that shows you how you know much freedom we have, um, is going to be coming into shops. And they're going to be giving people tickets, fines, taking away your product um, and making it very difficult for you to stay in business. Um, I have tried to rally shop owners and whatnot together and there hasn't been an interest to do so um so we still have a few weeks until this comes into play and i'm urging people you know here on air and those listen to the podcast uh, in the state of florida and even shop owners out 
outside of the state of Florida um, to stand up for us here and let your voices be heard about how ridiculous this uh, HB 49 is. Um, it's not going to change anything and it's not going to prevent anything. You know, you know, you're still able to buy the stuff online. There's no law against that. Um, you know, you can purchase stuff online, have the stuff sent to your home. Um, I mean, you know, let's focus on hard drugs. Let's like focus on the real problem. Florida is known as, you know, the pill mill capital of the world. Uh, it's has a reputation for being the Oxycontin express yet governor Rick Scott, is still focused on this nonsense of okay well we're gonna ban bongs and we're gonna ban you know smoking paraphernalia because you know that's gonna make a difference you know as far as you know i'm concerned and i can't speak for everybody but if you're a smoker and you're using cannabis so if you're not smoking it you're eating it. if you're not eating it you're you're using oil if you're not you know whatever it's gonna be consumed and this is just gonna create I'll tell you what it's exactly what it's doing. It is for businesses that are not going to stay open. There's 500 businesses, head shops that derive the majority of their business from these products in the state of Florida. For the ones, let's just say 75% of them stay open. How long is it going to be until they're driven out of business by local law enforcement? That's going to spend their time, waste resources, money focused on this bong band, as opposed to uh, doing proper and true police work, um, and, and, you know, stopping rapists, stopping hard drugs, you know, cocaine, crack, heroin, meth. I mean, we have a huge meth problem, like, you know, here, um, especially in the demographic that I live in, you know, out in the country, you know, we got meth all over the place and you can see it and it ruins people's lives. And they're worrying about, you know, bongs and things that people are going to smoke cannabis out of like cannabis has been proven time and time and time again to not be harmful yet we're going to waste time effort resources money so on and so forth to enforce this law and it has been said it's going to be enforced and it's going to put people out of work people are going to lose jobs they're going to lose businesses they're going to lose revenue they're going to lose you know commerce and it's taking away from the state of florida and as far as i am concerned it's taking away from the freedom uh, of people's right to operate business you know just because someone uses a bong to smoke cannabis out of it doesn't mean every person's going to use a bong and you know you're making a generalized assumption that if this is being sold it's definitely going to be used you know for cannabis which you know shouldn't even be a problem anyway i mean if you really go back like uh, let me just i'm going to throw you know something out here uh if you go to to uh netflix or go to showtime on demand you can actually um download uh square grouper uh, watch Square Grouper and you can watch how the state of Florida back in the 70s we were like right at the point of being legal back in the 70s and um, you know the state has gone so backwards and there's so much revenue potential to be made from cannabis you know legalizing cannabis in the state of Florida as well as you know legalizing industrial hemp um, in the state of Florida we can you know really bring our state back from it's it's horrible horrible uh, uh, financial state that it's in and this HB 49 this bong ban is not helping anything at all so I'm gonna say this again if you are a shop owner and you would like to know how to take direct action to keep your business going and to do it where you're legally protected um, contact me please contact me David at can net dot org um 
or you can contact me here at my uh, Cannabis Network Radio, David at Radio.com. Um, you know, just somehow or another get in contact with me and I will help you. I want to help you. I want to help businesses. I want to help businesses take this stand. This is a direct action that we all can do that's affecting our lives, but it's a stand that we can take and stay within legal parameters of the law. And I'm urging people who are listening to this, um, if you know somebody that owns a head shop, if you own a head shop or anything that please, please get in touch with me. We need to take action before July 1st. Um, we need to have our game face on. We need to have a, an alternative plan in place. So I urge people, again, please get in contact with me. Uh, speaking of drug war, so on and so forth, Thursday night show, we do have Kevin Booth, um, who is a director, producer. Um, he is a co-founder of Sacred Cow Productions with comedian Bill Hicks. Um, he is the producer of American Drug War and American Drug War Two. Uh, he has done How We'd Won the West, um, and uh, he is going to be our guest uh, Thursday night on Cannabis Network Radio. Uh, so definitely tune in, and uh, we're going to have our call-in available for that evening, so you can call in with questions. Uh, you can always email questions uh, to us here at Cannabis Network Radio. Um, just put uh, show at cannetradio.com. Um, with your questions, uh, if you have any questions for um, Kevin Booth, um, director of uh, How Weed Won the West, American Drug War, and American Drug War Two, which actually just premiered, um, you know he will be live with us here Thursday night on Cannabis Network Radio. Um, I am looking forward to uh, talking with him and having him on the show here uh, with us. Um, so. Uh, you know, there's certain things, certain issues and topics that that I wanted to discuss, and almost said I'm, I'm at a loss for words without really going into a tangent, really, of how stupid you know certain things are. Now, HB 49, the bong ban here in Florida, you know, I think I've gotten a point across about how dumb it is. Now, let's just take a moment and take a step back and think about the financial. I know that I've mentioned it, but now I'm going to go ahead and, and talk about the, real, the realistic impact it's going to have on the state. So let's say these 500 head shops, 75% stay in business for another few months until they're driven out of business. And then a couple others change to sell cigarettes or, or cigars or whatever, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they're losing their mainstream of revenue. They have to ch change their business model, motto, you know, whatever, which creates an issue in itself. Um, and it, it makes it very hard to keep a business flowing. So out of these 500 head shops that are in the state of Florida, you know, there's, I think, approximately 11, 1200 employees um, that are going to lose their job for sure just because of the decrease of sales, et cetera, et cetera. And then probably another few thousand people that are going to lose their jobs, you know, when the shops close and the owner's like, look, we don't have a choice. So, you know, I'm going to reach out not only to the shop owners when I go ahead and say, contact me to keep your business afloat, but I'm going to reach out to shop employees. Um, you know, if you want to find a way to save your job or potentially uh, segue into the same market, 
um, but be protected and know you have job security. Again, reach out to us at Cannabis Information Network, uh, David at Cannabis.org, or you can reach me here, David at Cannabis Network, CannabisRadio.com, uh, and I will work with anyone, everyone within this industry, within the 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 product industry uh, here in Florida to make things right and make things copacetic for you, um, and how you can take action and how you can protect yourselves um, if and when you know you're in the shop or in a store where they're going to come and they're going to I guess raid or whatever it is they're going to do uh, to these shops after July 1st um, we're going to go ahead and uh, take another quick break for a couple minutes and I will be back um, we're just going to kind of talk about a few other things that we have going on with Cannabis Network Radio um, we're going to talk about a um, little bit more about uh, HB 49. Um, I'm going to give you the governor's uh, contact information as well uh, when we get back here with Cannabis Network Radio. Welcome back to Cannabis Network Radio. I'm your host, David Kowalski. Well, I am. I'm gonna. I'm gonna throw out a word there. I'm faklempt. And for those of you that don't know what a faklempt is, it's a Yiddish word, meaning I'm all worked up. I'm all worked up over this whole thing because it is, it is, it, it's frustrating. It's frustrating that this has to happen, that, that, that something like this stupid bong bill has to happen in the state of Florida. I mean, when we, when we tried making a push to go ahead and, and have the Kathy Jordan Medical Cannabis Act, which, by the way, never was even heard. They never even gave a hearing to it, let alone anything else. They never gave a hearing to the bill. They go ahead and take this initiative and 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 do this bong ban. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm just going to put it out there for everyone to think about. Governor Rick Scott. <clears throat> All right. I just had to say some dirty things about him or horrible things about him in my head because I'm not going to put it out in the air. His wife, who conveniently became, I guess, the, the director, CEO, or whatever title she has, of one of the largest drug testing companies in the nation, um, you know, that, that tests people for employment, et cetera, et cetera. You know, he, he's the owner. That's where he made his living from. This is how he can not take a salary from the state of Florida as being governor. Um, which also, by the way, I may have to interject that Governor Rick Scott invested $80 million of his own money. Again, eight zero eighty million million of his own money into his gubernatorial campaign. $80 million into his gubernatorial, and he's not taking a salary. Now, let's think about this for one minute, and, and I want everyone to think about this for a minute. He's not taking a salary. He invested $80 million of his own money to become governor of the state of Florida. Now, he's a businessman. Do you not think in some way or another he's not making that money back? Or he's not making money somehow or another to recoup that investment that he made to become governor? Just putting it out there for people to think about for a minute or two. Um, and... I will tell you this much is that if Rick Scott and I, I'm saying this publicly, if Rick Scott by some chance in hell wins the next election as governor of the state of Florida, I am leaving this state. You know, it's kind of like what I said. If, if another Bush becomes president of this country, I'm, I'm moving somewhere else. I'm 
not not doing that again. Not doing it again. Um, I, I can't live or participate in a state that is not working in the best interest of its people, you know, at all. But, uh, yeah. Okay. So we're going to go ahead and, uh, just move on from this because it is some of those things that is getting me kind of pissed. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm urging again, owners contact me, owners of head shops, contact me, employees, of head shops, contact me. We have a few weeks to make a difference, to make our voices heard. You know, if we have enough people, let's get together. Let's go to Tallahassee. Let's just sit on the state house lawn and tell them how I feel. I'm all about it. I will make it happen. I just need support. So contact me. Contact me at Cannabis Network Radio, Cannabis Information Network. Get in touch with me. We have just a few more weeks to make a stand. I know it's signed into law, but we have to let our voices be heard. If we just remain silent, nothing's going to be done. And again, I do have a plan of how businesses can stay in business and legally stay in business with HB 49 uh, in place and, and also be taking direct action to stand up for advocacy as well. So again, get in touch with me. So let's talk a little bit more about Cannabis Network Radio. Um, so we have uh, now, um, we're one of the biggest downloads in terms of cannabis on iTunes. Uh, go to iTunes, check us out. Um, right now, go to iTunes.com. You can subscribe to the podcast, rate our podcast, check us out. Um, I think we're sitting still in the top 10. I think last time we were number five or number six on the list. Um, you know, we have thousands of subscribers. Um, you know, become one of them. Listen, pay attention, you know, educate yourself, um, rate us. Oh, we also have a website now. It's up and running cannabis network radio. It's cannetradio.com. Um, on that site, you can listen live to the show. You can listen to the stream. Hold on one second. Yes, Ed. Eighth. Eighth. Oh, okay. We're You're eighth, eighth on our eighth. Right? Oh, that's not good. I don't like being eighth. No, we need to kick that up. We need to go ahead and kick it up. People, start downloading. Start rating. You know, we need more subscribers. We're still in the top ten. I'm not going to worry about it, but I want to be number one. And all the listeners out there, um, you guys are the ones that get us to where we are, so uh, help us out. Um, number eight on iTunes. Still cool. Top ten. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, back to our website, cannetradio.com. Um, you can actually now, we have our own dedicated stream um, on Canet Radio. So pretty much any time of day, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, you can click on any of the links um, on the webpage and say listen uh, live. And you can listen to previous episodes um, every Tuesday and Thursday from 9 to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 uh, to 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Um, you can listen live um, every Tuesday and Thursday to Cannabis Network Radio. Um, on our site, we have some more stuff coming. We have a links page that's going to be up in the next couple of days. It's going to have a link to all our previous uh, uh, people that we had guests on our show, um, to their businesses, to their you know to their web pages, so you can check them out. We're also going to have a sponsor page for people that want to go ahead and uh, support and sponsor Cannabis Network Radio to get your message out. Cannabis Network Radio is a 24-hour day, seven-day-a-week cannabis uh activism cannabis information um radio network uh we do have spots open if you'd like to uh, podcast if you currently have a cannabis podcast and you would like to go ahead and uh have that uh podcast um syndicated and put onto itunes and whatnot uh contact ed who is our producer and you can reach him at ed at cannetradio.com 
um, send him an email and he'll go ahead and let you know how to get that set up. Um, advertisers, um, we have, um, just so you have, we have over 2,000 people that have subscribed to Cannabis Network Radio on iTunes. Um, we have people growing every single day. In three months, we have 11,235 people on our Facebook page. Um, our message is getting out there. Um, our reach, you know, this week's reach alone from our show and people listening, uh, we're at 95,503 uh, currently. And at the present moment, um, we have almost 2,000 people talking about uh, Cannabis Network Radio at this moment, um, about, you know, our show, about a link, so on and so forth. So, and this is an audience that will target your product um, and services uh, to the market on a national and international level. We do have subscribers in other countries as well. So Cannabis Network Radio officially is an international uh, show. Um, I've had people from Israel and from the UK and from Ireland um, and the Czech Republic and Holland. And I don't remember where else have reached out to us and said they've listened to the show. So, you know, I'm very happy to say that, you know, we have actually crossed the pond and uh, we are on an international uh, scale as well. So uh, your audience is definitely there um, and our rates for supporting Cannabis Network Radio will definitely be aligned uh, a lot better than a few of the other advertising mediums you guys have out there. So uh, for more information, uh, contact us at info at radio.com. If you're interested in doing your own show or syndicating your current show on Cannabis Network Radio, contact ed, ed at cannetradio.com um, and we'll get you set up there. All right, enough tooting our own horn. Um, so as I said before, we have Kevin Booth, um, who is the uh, producer um, of American Drug War and American Drug War II, as well as How Weed Won the Rest, West, um, among other things. Um, he has worked with Joe Rogan. Um, he has worked with Bill Hicks. He has uh, worked some big names um, out there. Um, and he's going to be our guest Thursday on Thursday's show here live on Cannabis Network Radio uh, at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, 6 p.m. Pacific Time. Uh, you can listen live at cannabisradio.com. Um, hopefully we're going to have a chat uh, loaded up to there as well. We can have live chat. We're also going to have call-in available that evening. Uh, so please tune into Thursday night's show as we host uh, special guest Kevin Booth. Um, we are looking forward to having him with us here on the show. So um, I'm also going to talk about briefly um, two events that are going to come up that, I'm, that I myself am going to be at. Um, if you go to uh, cannetradio.com and go to event calendar, you actually will see our show schedule uh, for our live events as well as uh, some events that we're going to be attending. Um, the 22nd of this month is the High Times Medical Cannabis Cup in uh, San Francisco. Um, at this point in time, it's kind of up in the air whether I'm going to be there or not. Um, at this point, I do not think so, um, but it's still uh, nonetheless a good event to go to. Um, and then on the 6th of July, we have the Cush Expo. I am not going to be there, um, but it is a well-known, well-represented uh, expo. So if you're in the Anaheim area, uh, go check that out. Uh, two events I will be at um, is the 710 Cup in Denver, Colorado. Um, that is July 12th, 13th, and 14th. Um, that is at the Exodo uh, Event Center, the same place where the uh, Cannabis Cup was held um, in uh, April this year. Um, it's the 710 Cup. Uh, I will be there. Uh, Cannabis Network Radio will be there. Um, and 
we will be there. So come check us out, join us for the event. And then uh, the event that I am actually looking forward to the most uh, for the summer is uh, coming up in August, uh, which is Seattle Hemfest. And that is the 16th, 17th and 18th. Um, Cannabis Network Radio will be broadcasting live from there. We're doing interviews. Um, I will be there. Our staff will be there. We're going to have people from Cannabis Information Network there. Cannabis Network Radio people are going to be there. Um, we're really looking forward to uh, attending Seattle Hempfest this year. It's going to be the first huge Hempfest. Uh, it's huge every year. Um, they're expecting over 300,000 people this year. Um, it's going to be the first time ever. It's going to be in a legal state. Washington has become a legal state. Um, so that's definitely going to be an historic event this year as well. Um, as well as uh, Hempfest is, is, I don't even know how to describe it. It is a absolutely amazing event. It's something just to be a part of, just to see, just to stand back and watch and see the sheer number of people um, in a calm, uh, uh, friendly, loving, like it's very rare you can go to a three-day festival um, with hundreds of thousands of people there, 100,000 people a day there, with no problems or issues, no fights, no, you know, whatever. Everyone's just kind of chilling. And uh, I think there's six stages this year. They have over 100 people performing. Uh, there's lectures, there's information, there's vendors. Um, you know, go to hempfest.org and check it out. Um, we are going to be there. Cannabis Network Radio is going to be there. Cannabis Information Network is going to be there. Um, the Cannasense uh, bus is going to be there. Um, so we have all kinds of, of, of great things happening. Also, uh, the the uh, Carmen in Geneva um, from Peacock Finds a Potleaf, they're going to be there. They're going to have a booth set up there selling their book, promoting their book. Um, so if you come to Hempfest, which I urge everyone to do, um, definitely find funds to do so. I highly recommend Seattle Hempfest. Uh, check them out as well. Uh, for more information about if a peacock finds a pot leaf, you can go to peterthepeacock.com or you can go ahead and go to amazon.com and order the book or you can download it to your Kindle um, and get it from there. So uh, we are definitely looking forward to uh, attending uh, Seattle Hempfest this year and uh, we hope to see some of you people there as well. Um, that's pretty much all I have for this evening. It's going to be a short show because I have a lot to prepare for for Thursday night show when we have Kevin Booth. Um, so I'm going to bid everyone a good evening and wish everyone well. Be safe, be smart, and again, please uh, feel free to reach out to me at any time. Uh, if you need any help, advice, suggestions on anything, uh, I'm here for you. Uh, my goal is to help everyone stay safe, to protect themselves. Um, and to be on the right side of the law. So uh, thank you for tuning in to this edition of Cannabis Network Radio, and everyone should have a great night.